a new song for a special podcast. Welcome back to New Day Podcast, a ministry of Redeemer Church of Madison. This week, we have part two of the previous conversation. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. What we're going to next is going to be the cutting room floor. That's some, that's some serious bass. I like it. Um, what, what's the time we got? Uh, we're technically over. Okay. <laughs> we're right at a... Uh, 35 minutes. 35, we're right. making up. We're well, making up for last week. We yeah. are. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep this brief. Uh, it's, I mean, our, our family group talked a little bit about it last night. Um, you know, we're in these interesting seasons with Jesus as we're going through Matthew where, uh, I mean, like this war, this time, last week, he only uttered a few words, right? Um, and then this sermon, we'll talk about this. He literally only says one word. And so... Uh, we're, we're not sitting under the deep, dense teaching like we did in the Sermon on the Mount where we're really analyzing every word, parsing all the verbs. But we're not doing that. We're we're really seeing experientially what's taking place in the life of Jesus. And so um, I, I think if there was one thing that I, if I had to do it again or, or maybe cut it in room four, is really just look at and examine um, how the relationship between faith and fear. And they're not, you can't have both, right? So you're either walking in faith or you're walking in fear. And I think the the American Christian falls under the assumption that we're somewhere in between and, and create really this false dichotomy where, well, yeah, there's a little bit of faith, but like there's a little bit of the world or there's a little bit of faith, but there's a little bit in um, really, Jesus just takes that away from us. That that's not a that's not a possibility possibility that we see throughout the scriptures. I mean, the the passage right above, and I think those two, the one you preached a couple of weeks ago, which killer job by the way, and this I, I think their purpose. Matthew wrote these purposefully to go hand in hand. That if you're going to follow after me, let the dead bury their dead. Like like you have to come. You have to leave everything. You cannot be fearful. You have to walk in faith. And then the next story is them living in fear, not faith. And so I think we, we really have to slow down and examine on our day-in, day-out life as comfortable Americans, how much of our life is actually walking in faith. And for most of us, and, and myself included, most of the time it's not. It's, it's nothing. And um, so that's why I really try to hit at the end Faith, for a lot of times, is what saves us, but we totally miss the fact that faith is what sustains us. Mm-hmm. That the gospel power, like Tim Keller says, is not the ABC of Christianity, which is, you know, the admit, believe, confess, okay, you're saved, good. But the gospel, the faith that it requires to to follow after the gospel is the A to Z of Christianity. It is the entirety. You don't, you don't move beyond. You don't go beyond the gospel. You don't go beyond faith. That's why we talked about two weeks ago, sola fide, it's, it's by faith alone, and that faith is what perpetuates us, not just in salvation, but in our sanctification. Um, because there's, there's there's that quote that I used from uh, Mr. Bruce Carper a couple weeks ago, that, that the more we walk in faith and not by sight, eventually faith does become easier and easier and easier. Um, but, man, the majority of our lives are marked by walking by sight, not by faith. And... So I think we could we could dive in a whole lot deeper to the idea of faith and what it means and 
and I've used this before, but now since we're talking in Latin, I'll bring it back out again. <laughs> um, confidence is confide, mm-hmm. with faith. And so not just having faith, but having the confidence, like actually walking in your faith um, to, to take a step when there's no step, there's nowhere for your foot to land. And that seems to be, in my life, what God has required is I want you to start stepping. It's dark. You can't see where your foot's going to land. And I'm not going to reveal that to you till your foot's already coming down. Mm. And then I'm going to give you a safe place for your foot to land. Uh, but that's faith. That's confidence. That's us walking in faith, not by sight. It's us sitting on the boat in the middle of the storm going, yeah, this might end really badly, but I'm okay. Like Christ is with me. He's all that I need. Yeah. I'm okay. And, um, so I, I think it's just that like Christianity is a life marked by faith. And, and that's what I said yesterday. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's not a thing. It's not a stationary object. It's, it's an action that we must walk in daily. Um, so that's one thing I would say. The other thing, and then y'all can pipe in all that you want to, but um, I used a lot of parallels yesterday on uh, relying on Mark and Luke on some of the differences in the stories. And um, so even in our family group last night, one of our ladies was really keen to pick up on, even this week, there's some details that Matthew leaves out that Luke and Mark include. And so we were kind of comparing and contrasting all the different stories, and um, and it was generating really good conversations. So I'll just say this. As we're studying through Mark, excuse me, Matthew, uh, who was the Gospel of Mark written to? Gentiles. Who was the Gospel of Luke written to? Gentiles. Who was the Gospel of Matthew written to? Jews. Jews. And so keep that in mind as you're studying through the Scriptures and you're seeing these parallel passages told a little different then, then ask the question, why uh, did the Gentiles, the, the non-believers, they have, they have no clue who Jesus is, have to have, to have these extra details that the Jews that, that knew that a Messiah was coming one day didn't? Mm. Uh, and why did Matthew purposely leave those out and um, in Dr. Luke include those details or vice versa? And so it was just a really good discussion for us last night just to remember, hey, there's different audiences, and this is something that, and I hope I beat into our people. You're going to get me get so tired of me hearing. Um, but you've got to contextualize. Mm-hmm. The scriptures cannot mean for us what it did not mean for those that originally reading the letters. And uh, so, what did it first mean for them? And then from that, what 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 principles can we glean today? But so often we skip over that first step, and we just uh, cherry pick and proof text and read a passage and say, "Well, this is what it means to me." Well, with all due respect, who cares what it means to you? That's not the purpose. Of, that's not how we study scriptures. What did it mean to the original audience? And then from that, what then does it mean for us? And so that was a, I was super encouraged by the conversations that we're having last night. And even our, our family group finding the parallels on their own. And uh, it's just, it was just a joy yeah. just to listen to the conversation. So uh, that's, I mean, I, I could go more, but we're already over. So that's, uh, that's all I got. Have y'all have anything on the sermon? I, it really resonated with me when you said um, not just the ABCs mm. of Christianity, because as children's um, worker mm-hmm. and you, you know, that's always ingrained in your head. Ad- admit, believe, confess, and but to say no, it's the A to Z. It's mm-hmm. the complete. Mm-hmm. It's everything. We don't. We don't. And I've shared the story before, so forgive me. But 
uh, when we were in Nalanaga, I was discipling this college student, and uh, so we were like, all right, like I was gonna, let, we'd gone through some stuff, and I said, well, let, like, why don't you pick a book and and we'll we'll go through it together, and he said, well, like let, let's, I want to go into deeper theology, like not just the gospel. I've got that. Let's let's go to something a little deeper. And I just remember laughing, like, what's what's deeper than the gospel, brother? Like, mm-hmm. like there's nothing. But for a lot of us, that's what we believe. Like, yeah. I, I've got the gospel. I understand that. Let's talk about end times. Let's talk about eschatology. Let's talk about gifts of the Spirit. And, and all those things are necessary. But we have to realize all those are second-tier issues or even mm-hmm. third-tier issues. If we don't understand the gospel, mm-hmm. then if, if we get, like, end times, if I'm wrong on the end times, I'm still going to be spending eternity with Jesus. If I'm wrong about faith alone, through Christ alone, by grace alone, man, I'm I'm missing it. Like yeah. I'm I'm no longer in heaven with Jesus. I'm in hell because I've put my salvation in my own works, no longer faith alone, by grace alone, and Christ alone. So um that's where I think we, we kind of especially if we've grown up in the Bible about we've heard gospel, oh yeah, the gospel of faith alone, but man, that is tier one. That is that is the top of the top. Everything yeah. else is we can figure out later. So I would agree. That's a good point. Mm. Anything else for you, Z? I'm trying to find it, but I can't. There's a there's a quote that was given one time in seminary in which um, I can tell you what professor said it, but I can't remember who actually said the quote. Uh, so you can Google it later. But the gospel is a pool in which a baby can stand and an elephant can wade. Mm. Mm. So I'm sympathetic to the understanding, and I once and sometimes return back to thinking, no, I know the gospel. It's mm. pretty straightforward. Um, but it's infinitely complex. Mm. Uh, so I had the pleasure of actually teaching uh, one of the coolest things we do here at Redeemer, and I'm not just saying that. It is like one of the coolest things I think churches could do, and we're one of those churches that do it, which is a um, preaching co- – I'm liking on the name right now. Sermon notes class. Sermon notes class. You think t- having done it, you know, that the accident messed with my noggin. So that's, I'm going to blame everything on that for like the next six weeks. I, say, I need one of those. I need an accident. <laughs> so um, in the sermon notes class, uh, we ended up spending a little while talking about just like the bandwagon effect. Um, and like, so a lot of them are my sixth graders. So yes, I claim dominion over your own children. Uh, if they're in my youth group, our youth group. Um, but there were also some like fifth graders and fourth graders in the room, which always makes for like a little more lively discussion is what I'm going to call it. Um, and trying to explain the concept of bandwagoning. Well, of course that's an easy concept for us to understand peer pressure. We've all been around it, especially as adults. And like, why do you buy Crocs? That wasn't your own decision. That was peer pressure. It got no, you there. No, I will. I will <laughs> call you on that. Crocs are great. Oh, I was on the Croc gang in 2006 with my bright orange Crocs, and I got bullied for them, and I still wore them to school. Two wheel drive or four wheel drive? Uh, always four wheel drive. Always. Okay. Because when you're being bullied, you got to know how to cut corners. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a chunky kid. I didn't fit in those lockers unless you pushed. I thought it was just sport mode. <laughs> oh, sport mode is that sport mode is pretty fun. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like we ended up in fun conversations along those lines. Um, and even though it feels like an easy concept in trying to explain it to a child, you then realize how many of my own understandings or mm-hmm. interpretations of the gospel or my own practices of the gospel are a hundred percent manifested from just what I see other people do. Mm-hmm. Should I forgive that person? Well, what did my mama teach me? It doesn't like, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, but it doesn't matter what my mother taught me. Mm-hmm. It matters what the gospel tells me to do. Yep. Um, and that's not an easy thing to accept. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, even in this moment, I like kind of threw shade on the concept by saying, sorry, mom, but mm-hmm. we should be, as I preached on 
um, the other day. Be ready to throw everything behind us, as Gabe preached on last Sunday. And a part of that message was, it's not just the ABCs. Mm-hmm. It's not just the get on board with it. It's if there's any part of you that is living in fear, it's because you don't have the confide mm. of the one true faith of the gospel. Mm. Um, and so that was, we camped there a bunch in the sermon class, and it's still something I'm mulling over of just, wow, how much of the gospel impacts every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important I used the example in the sermon of Obadiah Holmes and, and all this, the faith that he had to walk in. Um, but I think it's important to for all of us to find that person. I mean, I don't know if you all remember the book Jesus Freaks. You remember that mm-hmm. story of the martyrs? Uh, I mean, just being encouraged by other people's faith will help us become stronger in our own too. And so, um, yes, of course, look at Paul, look at Peter, look at Jesus, look at these guys. Um, but there's also some incredible examples that of biographies we can read, stories yeah. we can understand that will really encourage and bolster us in our faith. Um, look at David Brainerd. We talked about him a little bit, missionary, passed away when he was 29, but um, man was a faithful proclaimer of the gospel to the Indians. And um, when you look at his life, can I just go on a quick rabbit yes. trail real quick? Okay, so uh, David Brainerd um, got to know Jonathan Edwards, and so... Brainerd came down with tuberculosis, and so the end of his life, his last year, he lived with Jonathan Edwards. And so when he passed away, Jonathan Edwards took David Brainerd's um, biography or diary and and published it, made some edits and published it for everyone to see. Um, Well, it was said in that time, especially out of Andover Seminary, that every pastor that was going into ministry uh, had to read, especially missionaries, had to read um, David Brainerd's biography. So here's a guy, passed away at 29, was relatively unknown to anybody, was just trying to preach the gospel to um, Native Americans in this region, um, gets tuberculosis, dies at 29. Jonathan Edwards publishes his journal. Um, that's becomes like a handbook for people training to be missionaries. Um, so you've got uh, Adoniram Judson, who God calls to become a missionary. He goes to Andover Seminary uh, it's there that he's really wrestling with his faith, gets his hands on David Brainerd's um, diary, which everyone had to read. God used that to call him to the mission field. At the same time, there's these five guys over at Williams College that are studying uh, to become pastors. Um, they're praying about becoming missionaries. What does that look like? And for us, in our time, we have to understand, well, here's like it's pretty easy to become a missionary. Mm-hmm. Then there was no sending agents. It wasn't a thing. And so... They get caught in a thunderstorm and crawl up underneath a haystack uh, because it wasn't like you could just, like our tractors make really nice hay bales. Then it was just you pile it just as tall as you can go. So they get caught in a thunderstorm. They kind of crawl their way into this haystack. And in this moment, there's, I think, four or five guys in there, and they make a covenant together. Like, we are not going to stay stateside. We're going to go take the gospel to the ends of the world. So then they transfer over to... um, transfer over to Andover Seminary to get trained. That's when they run into Andonaim Judson. Uh, those guys get connected, and then they start going and raising money from the congregational churches, and that's what actually sends them overseas and starts the modern-day missions movement as we know it today. Um, and then they, they – it's a long story, but they're all congregational infant baptism. Judson, Luther Rice get overseas. They meet up with William Carey in the process of trying to convert the scriptures into – 
um, Burmese and Burma, mm-hmm. the language that they can understand, they're rubbing up against infant baptism versus believer's baptism. So then they all change their views and come back to the, Luther Rice comes back to the congregational churches and goes, we can't take your money anymore. Like, this is what you believe. We don't believe this anymore. So then they start raising money from Baptists, and the Baptists go, we've got to come up with a better way to send missionaries. So they start the Trilineal Convention, uh, which is how they can really join together as churches to raise money and send missionaries, which that turns into the Southern Baptist Convention, the International Mission Board. Here we are. Say all that to say, all of this started with a 29-year-old passing away that was faithful to share the gospel uh, to the Native Americans, thinking he was doing nothing other than being faithful. Right. And so when we talk about like being encouraged by the faith of those around us, man, find some dead guys and read it. Yeah. Because they were not, David Brainerd was not worried about being successful. Mm-hmm. He was worried about being faithful. And because of that, um, tens and hundreds of thousands of people across the world have become Christians because of the diary of a pretty depressed man. I mean, you read Brainerd's journal, he was not very overly enthusiastic. There's, Many times he would write about, like, it would be better if I was not alive. Uh, he was gut-wrenching honest, but he stayed faithful to Christ to the end, and we can read his his diary and be encouraged by it. So that was a really long story. Uh, forgive me for rabbit-trailing that one, but that's, to me, that's what I look at. Uh, mm-hmm. What does faith in action actually look like in, in not the apostles? You know, like, it were just these men just called apart, or set apart for the gospel, but uh, what does it look like for just a normal men and women to be faithful to what God has called them to do? And so that's just been encouragement to my soul. So I would highly encourage, like, re- read some good faithful men, pick up yeah. Jesus freaks, do something. I'm I'm a big biography guy, so feel free to talk to me and tell me some of your interests, and I'll say, hey, you should read about this guy or this girl, or um, I know you have. Uh, uh, history Richard crush Dawes. on yeah. Lottie Moon. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I have such a crush on Lottie Moon. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, Lottie Moon is dead. <laughs> yes, for the record. A long time no, ago. Infertility have infertility. Uh, <laughs> what is that word? Infidelity. Infidelity, there we go. Yes. Infidelity <laughs> happening. Uh, so anyways, good gracious. No, I've, I've told Mariah. Mariah never heard about Lottie Moon because she's not. She, didn't, she was not raised Baptist. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know anything about Lottie Moon... Um, find me in a hallway. I'm always excited to talk about just how encouraging it is to look historically and see people like her, Richard Dawes, um, just people who said, I'm putting every moment in my life Mm. at the foot of the gospel. Um, Mm. And gosh, it's just so encouraging. Mm. Like, praise God. I love it. I do too. And I hope that before we do the tour, whenever that is, that we will study some of the biographies of Mm -hmm. some of these people. Definitely. Yeah, once we uh, finalize a little bit of the details Mm -hmm. and see what what we want to focus on, because like Chris and I have talked about, we were on the bus from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. It was too much. It was a lot. So. We're, uh, we're not gonna, going to get our doctorate. No, so. we're not. We're not going to go that that deep with some of this. So we'll we'll pick a lane and run in it. And uh, but yeah, before that, we'll definitely yeah. get some primers out there for people to read and study and understand. Uh, I would say if if the Lord permits this to happen, Deo Deo Valenti, right? We're just bringing out all the Latin, <laughs> all the Latin, uh, hocus pocus. Lord willing, <laughs> um, I would say brush up on your American history because I. Public schools have failed me. I was having a hard time connecting 
these dates and where we were in American history. It was we got to 1776. I knew that one. Yeah. Uh, other than Good. that, I was I was lost. So go ahead. If you are interested in that trip, go ahead and start reading up on American history. It'll it'll serve you well. New England, who? <laughs> I was about to say, what's our time now? New York City. Uh, we just hit 55. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, we did have a special like 10 minute Israel, um, yeah. like sites. Yeah. So yeah, and I did fair. talk about uh, David Brainer and. Adnan Ryan Judson, and we, we kind of chased some rabbits. So yeah. uh, we will conclude because this is the last Sola. This is. We've covered four so far, and there are five. So l- let's hear those Gregorian chants as we get to the last Sola. They're more angelic. I always say Gregorian. There's some bass in yeah. There's some bass people in there, some tenors. Yeah, but that that's, alto just gets it. Oh, really does. So the last one we have to cover today, and it'll we'll, we'll make it short and sweet, uh, Sola Deo Gloria. So for the glory of God alone. So we looked at the five solas. Um, I don't remember the exact order we've gone through, but uh, faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone, Scripture alone, and then today we're on the glory of God alone. And so just as a reminder, these solas were developed um, and, and weren't really put in a succinct way till really, I think, the 19th century. But um, the, these were the tenets that you can look back as the Reformation was taking place that were really setting them apart from what was happening in Catholicism. It was happening uh, religious activity to getting back to like, no, here's the the core of Christianity. Here's the core of the gospel. Here are the the five tenets, the five solas, the five onlys that we have to stick to. And and so when we end, and this is typically the ending one uh, because it's kind of the sending and futuristic one, but everything that we do should be for the glory of God alone. And to set it up against the backdrop of um, the Catholic Church in that day, it, it was, and we could still, I mean, I'm not trying to, to, to bad talk, but it's, it's still to this day. I mean, the Pope and the power of the Pope and um, the just all the privileges and you can't get touch close and uh, it, it's very much like who, whose glory are we talking about? I mean, you're the one walking around in a white robe. You're the one that's uh, like some special, the only one that can talk to God. You're the one that has to. We have to go through you to get to Christ to confess our sins and and so Luther and these guys were saying, no, absolutely not. Everything we do is to the glory of God alone, not for man and not for anything else. But most importantly, and this is the, some, the thing that we all have to realize, is no one competes for glory as much as we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we want the glory. We're constantly trying to steal glory from God and take credit for ourselves. And like, no, this, it's not for God's glory. It's for mine. Like, I did this. I've accomplished this. Um, and so when we really end with for the glory of God alone, if we hold the other four tenets well, Christ alone, Scripture alone, grace alone, through faith alone, um, we have to keep ourselves humble to say, no matter what comes from this, it's only by God's glory and for God's glory. There's no other explanation. Uh, he's put us here for a reason, for a purpose. And if we are to walk, as Ephesians say, in the good works that he's already prepared for us, and we do happen to see success, or we do happen to see someone get saved, or or occupation, grow success, whatever takes place, 
Let us not for a second think that this has anything to do about us, but it's only for his glory alone. Uh, does that make sense? Is that kind of y'all's takeaway for a solo day of Gloria? Yeah, that's a pretty good overview. I mean, yeah, what did I miss? I mean, these are things that you could go indefinitely into mm-hmm. uh, in in that sense. Um, so you've talked about John Calvin a little bit before. John Calvin was uh, born 1509 to 1564. Uh, he was a big proponent of two of the um, – because like Gabe said, these were not really put down in any significant way until probably early 1800s. Um, but the themes were very evident. And so John Calvin was huge on Sola Scriptura and Sola de Gloria. And so it, it put a framework or a lens in, um, there's a, there's a modern pastor by the name of John Piper who once made a, a a very odd claim in which he said, when you shower, it should be to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and everyone was like, I mean, myself included, I was actually in the room when he made that quote because it was, um, is that passion like 2012? Um, and we all thought that's stupid. Like you can't shower to the glory of God. Uh, but his point was literally every breath you breathe should be something that brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. And if it isn't, then that means it's out of the realm of that, which pleases the Lord, which would be sin. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's a pretty dogmatic way of viewing all aspects of life. So when you're cutting the grass, are you cutting the grass just because something you need to do? Or is that kept to the glory of God? Mm-hmm. Um, and as so, your parenting, yeah, as you're being a boss, a husband, a, a husband, wife, an employer, employee, whatever you do, every book you read, every word you say, every look you give, every moment of every day, um, that's that's an intense worldview. Yeah. And that's First Corinthians ten thirty one. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. That's exactly what, what Scripture is teaching us. Right. That, that everything we do should reflect reflect God's mm. glory to the world, watching and not watching. Um, I don't know why you said dirty look. You call me out for that? No. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Bree tells me sometimes to watch my face. So I don't know if that was like no. a, she like texting, even though this isn't live. Call <laughs> <laughs> Gabe's face out. Uh so, anyways, no, I, I get called out for that a lot at home when Mariah's talking about something. My face can be sometimes a little too expressive, so I'm saying exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. She'll say, hmm, "Watch them facial expressions." They're talking out loud. Yeah, they are. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no matter what we do, like you said, eat, drink, work, play, uh, counsel, whatever. Mm. If we have to always be guarding our heart, is this for our glory, or this is for God's glory? And yeah. a lot of times, if we're pursuing our glory. Uh, or excuse me, if we're pursuing God's glory, we're going to miss out on the attaboys and the appreciations and high fives, and we're going to be kind of lost in God's shadow. And I would say that's there's no better place to be. Yeah. Um, so, sola deo gloria. You have any concluding thoughts, Miss Chris? Well, I, I, I totally agree with what you just said, but I also know that there are times such as October when it is Pastor Appreciation Month. Mm. For those of you who did not know that, um, that just like the ice skaters at the Olympics, when the people, they do a stellar performance and the people throw the bouquets over, mm. and then they have the little skaters that come out and pick them up and hand them to the gold medal skater, they graciously accept those bouquets of 
-hmm. You did a great job. Um, But then, just like for us, we accept those bouquets from someone who gives us accolades or whatever, but then we turn around and hand those to God Mm. and say, it is only because of your grace and mercy that I was able to even have a part in this. Mm. So, so yes. That's good. Accept accept the good graces that people give you. Yeah. But don't but, hold on to them. But yeah, don't, don't hold on to them and, and know that it is only because of God's favor Yeah, that you are able to receive those. Mm. So I'll end with this. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> out of the five, and, and this, this is, might be hard, but out of the five, Scripture alone, grace alone, Christ alone, mercy alone, glory to God alone, uh, for you, what is the most impactful, challenging one you're still chewing on, wrestling with, thinking through, considering uh, out of the five solace? Or maybe you have the hard time, like I see it, but I don't, I don't, I don't fully grasp it yet, or I'm still like working hard to understand. Does that make sense? Like, like which one is this the most impactful in a in a very broad sense? Hmm. I think. I think probably um, faith alone um, because we try so many times to put our checklists. Mm. Um, I know I've talked about growing up in a church where, you know, you got all these long awards for perfect attendance. You brought your Bible. You, you know, all the things that you do, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But to say... Yes, I understand that my salvation is by faith alone. Mm. But now that I'm saved, I've got all these boxes I have to check. Mm. And so, you go to work base pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. It, it's easy to, and it's easy to want to hold that to other people mm. as well, to say, you're a Christian. Why aren't you doing this, 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 and this? I'm doing these things. Why aren't you doing these mm-hmm. things? So it's easy to put that burden mm. on someone else. Mm. That's good. So I think that's that's one that, that I probably have to constantly remind myself of. Yeah. That's good. Xander? It's a good question. Uh, knowing that I struggle with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to make sure that's very clear. Um, and that's not struggle with them intellectually, mm-hmm. but that's just to make sure that like you're probably listener, you're probably thinking this, you're probably feeling this of like there are days in which each of these are struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this example to the youth yesterday. Cause I had to tell them like, there's a reason I'm not running around with you. Like I normally do. Um, Cause praise God, we all walked away from the car accident, but like there's still some residual. I mean like um, my forever joke now, whenever someone says like, how do you feel? Instead of saying like, like I get hit by a truck or under by a freight train. It is now, uh, I feel like I got hit by a Ford fusion. <laughs> um, so <laughs> underwhelming, you know, Mariah did not think that was funny right after we got out of the car when she said, are you okay? I said, I feel like I have a Ford fusion. <laughs> it was not the time. <laughs> Hashtag <too soon. laughs> and but, then she punched you, <laughs> but my parents were laughing. <laughs> so, you know, different, different senses of humor. Um, but like, I mean, truth be told, if I had gotten out of the car and my parents were not okay, if Mariah was not okay, um, and the other driver was very sweet, came over, looked brokenhearted, so concerned. Mm. Um, and because everyone was okay, I could say glory to God. Mm. 
what a wonderful day. Mm. Isn't, isn't the sky beautiful? Otherwise, um, October 15th would have been seared in my brain in a very different way. Mm-hmm. And so praise God in every way. Uh, but I would say grace is the one I struggle with probably the most. Because if something had happened, I know me, I'm sinful, I would mm-hmm. never have forgiven. I wouldn't have. Or it would have been very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and how many things should have gone wrong. Mm. How many things should have been different. Um, I mean, by four or five feet of a difference, my dad would not be here mm. uh, from where they hit. And things of that nature. And like all that broken glass that should have come forward but didn't. Um, and the I break the heart of Christ every time I go, mm, I'm going to choose sin. Mm. Um, whether I do that willingly and knowingly or just out of the selfishness of a moment. And like, that's just, that's hard for me to swallow mm. that he keeps forgiving me and I wouldn't forgive others, you know, mm. just lands heavy. That's good. I think, um, I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. It's your turn. I think for me, it's um, right. Uh, and to your point, it, it, it's always changing. If you ask us yeah. tomorrow, it could be a different, different answer. Yeah. But right now in this moment, I think it's Christ alone. And what I mean by that is I, I can be so guilty of doing kind of what I threw some shade at earlier of studying everything else and making deep dives in all these different theological lanes when the main thing we're called to do is know Christ and make him known. I mean, it really is that simple. And we distract ourselves with all these, C.S. Lewis calls them lovers less wild, like mm. things that really don't stir our hearts or stir our affections. But um, so that's why I'm, I'm grateful, even for my own soul, that we're preaching through the book of Matthew because I just want to know him. Like I want to know Christ deeper than a brother, deeper than anyone else, know him, love him, understand him uh, so that I can be like him and love people like him. And you can't, you can't be like him if you don't know him. Mm-hmm. And if we're called to be little Christ, if that's the whole purpose of being Christians is to become more like him, we've got to know him. And so so really zeroing in on, especially as we're preaching through the book of Matthew, like just Christ alone. Like if we get that, if we understand Christ, then we're going to easily be able to say, oh, well, yeah, by grace alone, because Christ is perfect and I'm not. So mm-hmm. th- there's got to be there's got to be something in, in the middle. And it's yeah, it's grace. And uh, this is the word he's given us through scripture alone and. So I think for me, that's the one domino that makes all the other dominoes fall. Um, and so, so yeah, right now for me, I just want to know him and make him known and uh, as simple as that. Word. Good. Yeah. Any last thoughts on this, on the five solace? That was fun. I enjoyed going fun. through the solace. Yeah. Let us know if you enjoyed it. Uh, email me at xander.berger at redeemerchurchmadison.com. As the producer of all produceries, um, I want to make sure that we're bringing the best of Gabe and Chris to the forefront. So let us know what you want to hear us go through next, mm-hmm. what our next series should be. We probably already have an idea where we're going, but let us know your thoughts if you enjoyed it or didn't, whichever way. Yeah, um, exactly right. Yeah, like this is not something for us to just jabber. There are mm-hmm. other things we can do with our day, um, but this is to be helpful and encouraging to all of you listening. Amen. Well, until next time, we love you, and we will see you at the Fall Festival. Thank you for listening to New Day Podcast. The song is Fire on the Ridge by St. Howard. With what you have just heard, go and be faithful.